podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Stretford Paddock. This is the Paddock Podcast. I am joined by Jay Motty. How are you, Jay? Yeah, I'm good, bro. Yourself? I'm good. United are winning. Yeah. We've won one. Winning's a bit of... we've. We, yeah, no, winning. We're winning. winning is... Is that the right terminology when you've won one? You are winning. I think so. Continuous. Yeah. yeah well, as it stands, the last yeah. thing we did was win. So okay. we are winning. We are winning. All right, um, nice. But... There's a lot of things that I want to get into. I think this whole situation around VAR, around the sort of narrative around certain things to do with Manchester United, and I don't necessarily know if people do it on purpose. I don't know. I think some people do. But I think there's this sort of underlying sentiment across a lot of media at the minute yeah. that is sort of vaguely anti-United. And I think occasionally, that you know, most of the time that's fine. But sometimes, and we're seeing it more and more often this season, that is turning into sort of real life problems for Man United as a football club. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, you know, people aren't going to be as nice when it's a United player. It's actually affecting how United win and lose games. Yeah. And it's negatively affecting that. Yeah. Um, so I'll just get into it first of all. Like this VAR situation that we've just seen this weekend. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. So for anyone who didn't see it, um, Romero handballed. Uh, the ball for Tottenham against Arsenal. Yeah. A penalty was given um, and pretty much everyone said, yeah, that's a penalty. Yeah. Uh, the, the crucial bit being Dermot Gallagher, who is a former referee and I believe head of the Referees Association or certainly, yeah, if you can just double check that for me, but a, a, a prominent former referee who still has an involvement in the in the game um, of refereeing and is a, is a presenter on Sky Sports sort of brought in to be the expert. Yeah. He said that that should have been a penalty. That the that the that the Romero one that was given a penalty, yeah, that's a penalty. He also said in the past that United won against Tottenham, which was very similar, if actually, if anything, slightly more clear cut, slightly you know more time for the defender to move his arm out of the way. He said that wasn't a penalty. Then we, it was literally put to him by Stephen Warnock, wasn't it? Yeah, he's only the, the most you know kind person towards United. Yeah, he loves a bit of anti-United bias, being a scouser. As you'd expect. Yeah. So he's had like he's fighting the corner for United, but it was a reasonable question to be fair. To yeah, and lad. he literally and Dermot Gallagher literally said he says to him, why, why was that a penalty? But then the United one wasn't, that were very similar. And Dermot Gallagher just turns into Liz Truss. Like he becomes this sort of politician who is who has been put in front of a camera in, in the in a moment of crisis and is unable to give any answer other than the stock phrase. And he just sort of says, you know, he says, Why why was that one a penalty? But the United one wasn't. It just goes, Well, I mean, if you you know, once VAR take a look at that, they're always going to give it. He just doesn't answer the question at all. And let's just just to recap what he said about the the, the Romero one yeah. for United. And I think Warnock gets it wrong. I think he says Bruno Fernandez. I think it was when is it not Ganacho? Ganacho, yeah. yeah, it was Ganacho who had the shot. We all remember it away at Tottenham. I think the game was it nil nil at the time when he's had this shot. Yeah. So it would have been an, an important point if we'd have got a penalty at, at that moment in the game. So when he was asked about that, because Bruno Fernandes had said he wanted an apology for it. He said, they got that wrong. I want an apology or they, they should give us an apology, meaning the, you know, Pig Mall or whatever you call them, the, yeah. the Referees Association. So Dermot Gallagher was asked about that on the same show that he does today. He does it every Monday on Sky. He was asked about it after the Spurs game. And, you know, will, will Bruno Fernandes or does Bruno Fernandes deserve an apology yeah. for that decision? And, and he said, I would say it's 100% no that will get an apology. The feeling is that he was so close. We talked last week about handball, and it's very, very difficult. The more you drill down into it, the more it causes problems. One of the problems there is that the arm's out. Is it in an unexpected position? Is it above the shoulder? Has the ball come too fast? You can ask all those questions, and that was the decision. Now, he says, 
he was so close. The one against Arsenal, the one that he says is a penalty, yeah. I think he's even he's not even as close, I think. It's like it's it's it doesn't make sense what he's saying basically. Yeah. Like he's talking about the proximity, sorry. He's talking about the proximity. Now, if you look at the Arsenal one and the, the, the Spurs one, they're almost identical in terms yeah. of the proximity, in terms of the way that his hand's not in an unnatural position, the way his hand's out. Like, if one's a penalty, the other one should be. Now, you could say one of them was wrong, but you can't say that, you could say that, sorry, that they're both wrong, or you could say they're both right. You can't argue that one of them's wrong and one of them's right. Or that one of them's a penalty and the other one isn't. Yeah, you mean. that yeah. doesn't make sense, sorry, yeah. yeah. You can't say, that doesn't make any sense. You no. can either say neither of them are a penalty or they're both penalties. Now, yeah. he said the first one, when he was asked initially about it, wasn't a penalty. The one against Spurs versus United, he says that isn't a penalty. Bruno Fernandes doesn't deserve an apology. Right, that's fine. Then you get an almost identical situation yeah. in terms of a, um, a, a shot comes in, the same player with his hand up blocks the shot and Dermot Gallagher says, well, that is a penalty. Or he sort of stumbles a little bit because he's put on him about the facts he said the United one wasn't. And he yeah. says, well, as soon as VAR look at that, that's going to be a penalty. So why wasn't the United one then? You ca that, that doesn't make any sense. That is nonsense. Because one, you can't have it where one is a penalty and one isn't because they are both the same situation. Yeah. A player has a shot at him from a close proximity with pace, puts his arm up and it blocks the shot. So all United fans were saying that is a stonewall penalty when it happened against Spurs. We should have had a penalty. Yeah. Dermot Gallagher says, you shouldn't. Fast forward a few weeks, Arsenal play Spurs, the same situation, yeah. Arsenal get a penalty, and he says, that is a penalty. And in the meantime, that makes no sense. We've had a penalty given against us last week against Bayern Munich for a, a situation that was as little a penalty as either of those two, if not less. He was even yeah. closer to him. And he and the, and, the, and his hand was like next to his body. I know that there's this whole thing about in the Champions League it's different, but the rules aren't different, so it shouldn't really be any different. Yeah. But these are both in the same competition. One is given, the other one isn't. And I just think that I don't really understand what what's driving it because I don't think genuinely Dermot Gallagher hates Manchester United. And if he does, I think he would. He, I don't think he would go out of his way to let that affect his job. And I don't necessarily think that most yeah. referees do. I don't think it is this, you know, conscious anti-United thing. But what is it then? Because it it's just like bad someone, refs. It, is it anti-United? Like what's if going anything? On? If anything, someone's pointed it out. And when I, I did a tweet about this yesterday, he said for the one that we weren't given. There's a bigger distance yeah. between the shot and the, 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 the save. Yeah. And his arm's even in a, a bigger position. It's further away from his body, if that makes sense, than the one against Arsenal. So if you were to look at either and go, well, maybe that one's a bit more stonewall, you'd think the United one was. Yeah. Was, the United was one more was because so he was he, he was so close in the Arsenal game that yeah. it's almost like, well, it's that close. Well, United one, he's got a little bit of distance. So I think that if anything, even though I think they both either are not or are. I think they both are. Yeah, I think they both are. Yeah. Then at least the United one, you can say, okay, uh, sorry, at least the Arsenal one, right, there's a, there's a, um, the United one, sorry, there's a little bit of distance there. Whereas the Arsenal one, there isn't. So it doesn't make any sense what he's saying. It doesn't. It's just like, as a referee, and as this refereeing expert, he's just being biased. Yeah. He's just coming on, and I don't know why he is, because he doesn't need to be. My only thinking, right, and I don't want to do his thinking for him, because why would I, is rather than admit he's got it wrong on the United one, he just tries to sort of stutter his way out of it. Mm. Rather than go, do you know what? Looking back in it now, probably got that one wrong. Yeah. Maybe looking back, the United one should have been a penalty. 
and this one is a penalty, like I've already said. Fair enough. But because he's already said this is a penalty, he, he he's sort of stuck. Yeah. So he either admits he's wrong or he does what he does, which isn't say anything. He just sort of repeats what he's already said as he knows the question. He just says, well, if VAR look at it, then that is a penalty. I'm not surprised they gave it as a penalty, which wasn't the question. The question was, why didn't United get a penalty? And I know some people, and I'll get to comments in a minute, might go, well, this is what annoys me about these arguments. People say, well, we should have won anyway, or it wouldn't have made a difference. Oh, of course sure. it makes a difference. Yeah, of course. Especially you, in those you, big games. You're like nil-nil away teams. from home, a top team, and yeah. Postacoglu's got Spurs playing well. That makes a difference if you take the lead there. There's a good chance of penalty. You know, seven out of ten penalties usually go in. There's a good chance you take the lead there. That affects the game. Of course it does. So the idea that it doesn't matter is nonsense. The idea of, well, you know, these things even themselves out is a nonsense. And also, even if you want to roll it back a bit further, this idea of, okay, well, we got away with one at Wolves, that's irrelevant. Mm. The what happened at Wolves shouldn't mean that you don't get a penalty at Spurs. Yeah. That isn't how it's not like working referees should work. work. No. Where it's like, well, I worked an extra hour there, so I'll come in an hour later here. It's not like, well, you didn't get a penalty there. Uh, when you know you should, didn't run away there when you should have done, yeah. so we won't give you one next time. Yeah. What two wrongs don't make a right? No, this they is don't. Refereeing. It's not like you know justice or you know vigilantism. This is like meant to be factual law following in refereeing. It just, it's just, it's it's so frustrating, especially when United season may or may not hinge on decisions like this. Like by the end of the season, let's say we're fighting for top four. I can't see it being much more than that at this stage. Let's say United are fighting for top four and we miss out on it by two points. You know, he, it, that doesn't help the manager when he's getting sacked because he should have had a penalty here or, you know, other situations that have gone, you know, against United. Like, it, it doesn't help. And I no. just, it's just weird that, like you said, why wouldn't they just admit, why wouldn't they just say, at worst, you could say, these are both the sort of decision that, depending on the, the character of the referee, depending on you know, because it's, we're so fine on the law, these can go either way. But he doesn't even say that. No. He's confident that one is a penalty and confident that the other isn't. He's not even giving himself that leeway of going, well, you know, I think that's right on the line and one ref might give it and another ref might not and that's just how it went. You, I, would, I would accept that. Yeah. But he's not even saying I think that. he feels like, it's just like he's been got. It's like yeah. a gotcha question and he's gone, I've got nowhere to go here. Because he starts trying to answer it and then he can almost see like he stops himself because he thinks this is completely going to contradict I what I've said. I can't get this out And I can't say like that. So he just sort of tries to state some facts that are irrelevant to the question, ignoring the question in essence. And it's bad form when you've got Stephen Warnock of all people sort of asking the reasonable, yeah, sensible question. Yeah, questioning him, is it? exactly. Asking the reasonable question. And the best thing you can do is just ignore it. Yeah. And I think it just highlights the sort of bias that goes on against United. And I know people go, oh, the Wolves game and United have had all this luck. And people want to go back to Fergie. Days. Fergie had the refs in his pocket and all this other drivel. But it's hampering us. And it's like when Tanag comes out after the game and he did it against Arsenal. He complained after the Arsenal game about the fact that Hoyland should have had a penalty and about the offside. You said the offside, you know, or whatever, or people were highlighting the fact that the offside is... I still can't tell whether that's offside and being brutally honest, and I've looked at it about 100 times. But these decisions matter, and he calls it out. And when he calls it out, people say, oh, he shouldn't be doing that, it's bitter or whatever. But all of the managers call stuff out, and it seems to help them. Yeah. When Jurgen Klopp starts moaning or when Pep Guardiola starts moaning, it seems to have this effect of getting into referees' heads yeah. or at least the media start sort of buying into it. When United do it, it, it seems to create even more of a backlash. And I'm glad we've got a manager that will call out nonsensical decisions because some of these are. Yeah. You just can't justify them. I think it doesn't make any sense. There's no consistency. And this idea that VAR is going to solve a lot of problems is nonsense. We saw it last season. You had Casemiro getting sent off for a foul against... Um, it was against Southampton. 
Mm. And then we saw it in the Chelsea game, an identical situation, nothing. Mm. Not even, not a, nothing, no red card, nothing went on. And you think, how is that consistent? How is that making football fairer? It isn't, it's making it less fair. It's fact, it's just making it more annoying. Because rather than at least going, well, the referee's made a mistake or he hasn't seen it, I can forgive that. He's, he's in the game, he's not seen it or he's made a split second decision. You're now mm. going, you've got a guy in front of a screen, watching that on a replay, who still can't get it right. Yeah. Who still can't, with all the technology he's got at his fingertips and the ability to watch it over and over again, still can't get it right. And what makes it even worse is it's taking them five minutes to not get it right. Mm. You're sat there in the ground or you're sat at home or you, wherever you're watching the game, waiting to see a decision. It's taking ages for a decision to come out and invariably they're not even right. It's no. just, it makes a nonsense of it. I think just on the clock thing, I think we've got some, have we got the data on the, the penalty thing? Because obviously, I remember a couple of years ago when, you know, United were getting a lot of penalties, Bruno Penandes and all that sort of yeah, started yeah. being his nickname. Um, and United were getting a lot of penalties. And then all of a sudden, I think it was uh, Klopp was complaining about it. Do we have that available? Yeah. Okay, we'll just get that up in a sec. But Klopp basically, Klopp complained about it and said United are getting too many penalties. Yeah. And after that, we barely got any. Yeah, and yeah. I know that obviously, we're not necessarily guaranteed to just keep getting loads all the time. But... The, the, I think the, the stat was something like one in six months after uh, Klopp complained. So it does make a difference. And, and like I said, these narratives do start being sort of almost adhered to and, and profligated, if that's the right word, yeah. by referees and by the media. And all of a sudden, people, uh, one in eight months we got after Klopp um, complained about us getting too many penalties. Yeah. One penalty in eight months. and. It just becomes a thing that I remember Ashley Young got a reputation for diving, didn't he? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he would get booked for diving sometimes, even when it was a foul. There was the even one against Spurs contact. at Old Trafford, I think it was. Yeah. Where he was wiped out. Yeah. And um, it was the, the referee, Howard Webb, who had this reputation for giving United loads of decisions, didn't give a penalty. And it was the most stonewall penalty. Yeah. It was a two-footed lunge on the, in, uh, in the box, wiped him out, as clear as the day is long, it was a penalty. Mm. And Howard Webb didn't give it. And you think people are buying into it. Yeah, there was another are. one where it was that kid that used to play for um, Liverpool. Is it Wisdom? Yeah. He was on a booking and he's committed a second yellow card offence when we were on a break and he's wiped the kid out. It's a yellow card, he's second yellow. And again, Howard Webb didn't give it because it's like it gets in the head. This idea that, oh, I've, I've got this reputation or they've got a reputation. You know, United are always getting penalties or Ashley Young's always diving or I'm always giving favourable decisions to Manchester United. So I've got to react in a certain way. And I understand that you're human or whatever, but you've got to be unbiased. That's part of your mm. job as a referee. Your job as a referee is to really, is to, apply the letter of the law. Not to think, oh, well, he's not that type of player or he's got this reputation. It's, is that a foul? Is that a yellow card? Is that a red card? Is that a penalty? It's that simple. That's what you're meant to be doing. And that's why you should be at the elite level of refereeing. At the Premier League now, all the referees in the Premier League should be at elite level referees. The, re the, the Premier League has got more money involved in it than any other league in the world. More than La Liga, more than the Bundesliga, more than Serie A. There's more money being spent in the Premier League than any other league in history. We have got teams that are 15th that have spent a billion quid or whatever. Mm. It's ridiculous the amount of money that is going into the Premier League. And yet the man who's arguably the most important person on the pitch that can make those decisions, half the time doesn't seem to know what he's doing. And when he's asking for help, when he's going, right, VAR or it's being looked at, the person who's got replays and screens and technology at the fingertips mm. also doesn't seem to know what they're doing. And it's just wrecking the game. It's not making it better in any way. There's no point, uh, no point since VAR has come in have I gone, VAR has improved football. 
no. is improve my enjoyment as a fan of football. And yes, we have had decisions where you go, VAR's helped us, or the fact they've gone to VAR. The famous one of Paris, obviously, with Diogo Delo's shot. VAR doesn't get involved. That probably doesn't get given as a penalty. But how many years ago was that? And that's probably the only one that springs to mind. And also, that doesn't justify us not getting blatant decisions we should. The fact that we did actually get a penalty that was a penalty. It's just, it's, it just seems to be spoiling something that didn't need spoiling, obviously. Because why would it? I think we need to um, play the game a bit more. I think In this whole, way. like, you know, not complaining and, and not doing this, that and the other. I think it's, it's good from a sort of moral perspective and from a sort of stoic perspective. But when you actually look at, like you said, the referees are humans. The referees, multiple referees now, Mike Dean's done it, Mark Clattenberg's done it, have admitted to making decisions based on their emotions and their feelings rather than what they believe to be correct. They've both done that in, in interviews, and I don't need to go through this, the quotes again because we've all heard them. But former referees have both admitted, two of the top referees well, Mark Clattenberg, I think, was it refereed a, a World Cup final or Champions League final or was certainly at big tournaments. Yeah, yeah, now he has the thing he's done, a, he's done a Champions League final and he got a tattoo of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Mike Dean was probably the most famous ref in Premier League history. These two have both admitted to essentially doing their job incorrectly on purpose because of the pressure they felt from, from the outside or to, to, to help their friend. So we have to, uh, I, I reckon United need to sort of piggyback on that, put more pressure on them, you know, come out and, and say things about, like, like Klopp did, United are getting too many penalties. Say, here's how many penalties we've got. Like, I know it looks a bit too bit and it looks a little bit like, um, whatever from Ten Hag or whoever it is, you know, oh, just making excuses, whatever. But these excuses and these uh, things make a difference. They actually change things. So part of me thinks like, just go for it. Cause you're not getting anything extra by, you know, we're not, we're not making any excuses. That's not helping. So you might as well play the game a little bit, I think. Like, you, you know, players go down when they get touched on the face because if you don't, they don't give a foul. No, if you ride it, like, if you ride a challenge or yeah. ride a tackle or, like you say, you get touched in your face and you stay up and you don't, you just shrug it off. Nothing uh, happens. Nothing happens, you know, unless you continue with the ball and score or whatever. If you, like, lose possession but you stay on your feet, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a penalty. Or you're not going to get a no. free kick or a, a a red card or yellow card or whatever it is you could get if the punishment is applied. You're not going to get that. So it's like, why wouldn't you go down? I know it's not what we like to see, but it's playing the game like you said. There's yeah. loads of comments and chats. So I'm going to get through to them all here now. Uh, Rishab Kumar says, at some point, Eric Ten Hag uh, needs to come out like Klopp and talk about these exactly. decisions in the press conference. Klopp's penalty moans, scarred VAR for two years. Uh, Abinav Verma says, issue is refs. It took it as their ego was attacked because Bruno said what he said. These refs are nothing but incompetent. VAR has exposed them. Uh, Cuarto says the year is 2023. We've just voted uh, a penalty on X. Uh, 2032, sorry. Uh, Resonating Silence says VAR is killing spontaneity in the game. I agree. Tina Telefson to Toka says, remember when Sun got Marshall sent off, when Sun put elbow in Marshall throw and Sun went down and Marshall got sent off. I thought it was Lamela, uh, Eric Lamela, I think, who... who uh, Got um, who got Andy Marshall sent off? And I get your point, but I've, I've, that's what I've got in my head anyway. Forgive me if I'm getting that wrong. Getting that wrong. Um, loads of the other people in the chat as well. The usual suspects: Ross Murphy, Brian Casey, um, Witterbird says old pundits can't get away with it now. There are tons of statistics, but somehow they still talk pants. Uh, Paul Rob says VAR is fine. It's the lack of accountability and consistency. 
that's the problem. The, the another thing that annoys me with um, VAR. Sorry, one final chat in a minute. Um, oh yeah, Harry Krishnan says anti Gordon handball for the first goal against Brentford. Blatant handball. Do you remember that one? At, I think it was at Goodison where Ra Rashford. Uh, Rashford it just gla grazed his hand and it wasn't given. There's no consistency. Another problem you've got is I think some referees aren't making decisions because they're going to let VAR deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then the, the the sort of the the catch twenty two is. VAR is saying, oh, the referee's not made a decision and he can see that, so we don't need to get involved. Yeah. I remember there was a situation, I think it was against, it was Newcastle versus Wolves last season, where Nick Pope wipes out Raul Jimenez. It's a red card and a penalty, I think, all day long. It's right in front of the referee. Like, I don't understand how he's not give it, but he hasn't. So then you think, okay, VAR will give it. And VAR didn't. Mm. And you think the only reason I can think is because VAR's thought, well, he's seen that. Yeah. He's right in front of him and he's made his decision. So we don't need to get involved. It's that thing about the error being clear and obvious or, yeah. you know, being able to overturn a decision requires more evidence than agreeing with the decision. Yeah. But because the referees, like you said, f firstly, because you might as well let VAR deal with it because they've got a better view of it than you have. Even if you're right there, seeing it in slow-mo, seeing it 50 times is better than seeing it once at full speed. That's one reason. But the other reason is I think the refs are scared because the last thing a referee wants is to stop the game and stop a goal from happening when they shouldn't have done because that's when you really get, you really get slagged off. When, yeah. oh, we blew offside. Yeah, it wasn't offside. It was, it was marginal, but you got it wrong. So they let it play. And that same thing. I don't want to give a red card and then look stupid when they overturn it. It's a lot better for me to overturn not giving it than it is for me to overturn giving it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it makes yeah, me yeah. Less, um, I can just say I didn't see it or whatever. So a lot of times they don't give it because they don't want that extra pressure of having um, to be overturned or, or for giving something, stopping the game and getting it wrong. And then, they, like you said, you end up in this situation where VAR doesn't overturn it either because it thinks it's then you know, calling the referee wrong when really they're just failing to make decisions because they know VAR's got their back. Yeah, no, this is this is it. You nailed it. And it's, it's frustrating because the thing about all of this, right, is as a football fan, you're genuinely right. You just want to go and watch a game and say, OK, we lost today because we didn't deserve it or we didn't turn up or the, their keeper had a worldie or whatever or we yeah. didn't take our chances or we won today because we did take our chances, we played well, all the rest of it. What you don't want to be going is we lost today because of VAR. We lost today because of referees. We lost today because of this, or we won today because I know you don't care as much when you win, but it's just spoiling it as a competition as well, as a, as a spectacle and as a fan watching it. And it doesn't matter whether you're at home or you're in the game or whatever. If you're stood there or you're sat there and you're waiting for to see whether a goal is given, and then it's, it's not given or it is given, it mm. just it spoils it for you because it's like you don't want to celebrate. I mean, you did last season. Last season, United scored and you thought it wasn't a goal because you thought that you'd seen offside. You were waiting for the VAR. So you didn't celebrate as much mm. and it was a goal. But yeah. I did it against Chelsea when we beat them 4-0 and VAR had just come in. Marcus Rashford, I think it was, there's a ball over the top and he went through and scored. And I celebrated, but not like I would have done because I think that was our third goal, mm. which more or less meant we'd won. But I was thinking, oh, VAR is going to get involved in a minute because I was sort of getting used to this idea mm. that every goal gets stopped. Yeah. And it's the same now. It's like you don't want to enjoy the game as much or celebrate goals as much because you're waiting for that VAR moment, for that thing. And especially like if you're like me, you, you know, my eyesight's not the best and if at the game or even you watch it on telly. You don't always notice everything. I thought Johnny Evans' goal was a goal. I didn't see the Rasmus Hoyland offside. I didn't see any of that. I thought that Ganacho's goal was a goal. I did. Because it looked like he was onside to yeah. me. It looked like, looking at straight away, he's onside, he's timed his run perfectly. 
And we're really saying, oh, he didn't because from one angle, he's a millimetre offside. That shouldn't be what VAR is about. That shouldn't be what it's brought in to decide. Yeah, that's where we're at. We're at someone in a box in Bletchley Park or wherever they are, taking five minutes, watching replay after replay after replay to make a decision mm -hmm. and then sending the referee to the screen to look at it. And what annoys me about that as well is sometimes we do these things back to front where you can have a VAR decision where the referee's gone and looked at it and you're slowing it down and you're slowing it down and it looks different. Mm. It looks differently. Do you remember that pe that screenshot that people took of Marcel Sabitzer when it looked like he stamps on the Leicester player? Yeah. And when you look, watched it in real time, he doesn't. He pulls out. He literally goes like that and pulls mm. out. But if you stop it there, yeah. it can look like a stamp. Yeah. But it isn't. And that's what people do, screenshotting it and going, oh, he got away with that one there. Those are the sorts of, I know that wasn't a VAR decision. But mm. what we're doing is we're slowing things down and it makes it look worse. Play it in normal time. Let it play and go, that's what you saw there. That's how it was. Yeah. And then make a decision. Rather than this, let's slow it down. Let's look at all different angles. And then let's take time in the VAR control room or wherever. Then send the referee to look at it whilst the fans and all that kick off and scream. It's a nonsense. It's just yeah. not helping the game at all. I, I, I'd even go a step further than that, to be honest. I, I don't even mind losing a, I mean obviously I mind it and I like but that whole thing of you lost a game or you uh, going the other way because of a bad refereeing decision I can sort of accept that yeah, yeah. I don't even as a concept mind that mm. like sometimes you win a game because of it sometimes you, and, so, and it doesn't always even itself out it doesn't but I don't mind a human being making a mistake I can understand that I'm with you on that but the thing I don't need is human beings to still make mistakes because they do because they're human yeah. so VAR is still full of mistakes and the enjoyment of watching football has, has, has decreased. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I don't get. It's, you've, you've traded one thing for another. So you've traded a few mistakes on, on offsides and a few things that the referee might miss, you know, a, a, a tug of the shirt or an elbow or someone holding someone down from a corner so they can't jump or whatever. They might miss those things. So we've got rid of a lot of them, which is good. But then you, in, replace, uh, in place of that, you've got not being able to celebrate goals. How how is that a good trade? No. How is that a trade that anyone is? Don't get with? it. Don't like, get that. The, the three goals of the night, or the, the goals of the night. I didn't. I, I was. I couldn't celebrate them. I didn't feel like. It felt like well, something's going to stop it, or someone's going to be offside, or anytime someone squares the ball across the box, you think they're probably going to be offside. Anytime someone plays a through ball, we're probably not going to get to enjoy this. Like it's terrible, it's, it's isn't just, it? That, like, the best bit of football is watching your team score. Yeah. So if anything. If any rule impacts your ability to do that, get rid of it. You rid and of you're it. too young to remember this, but in nine, I'm not being patronising there, mm. you are. In 99, one of the best moments of my life was when Teddy Sheringham scored that equaliser, right? He scored that equaliser, and I genuinely went that berserk that when Ollie scored the winner, I was still celebrating the first one, and I was out of my head and all the rest of it. And I remember thinking, yeah, did Ollie score? because I didn't realise that mm. was the winner, and then it dawned on me it was, and we all went berserk again. Mm. It was just one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life, not just as a football fan, but just in general, watching my team sort of, when you think they're done, get that equaliser, and then obviously the winner. We have VAR now. For starters, you wouldn't celebrate Teddy's goal. You'd be waiting to find out whether he's offside. Mm -hmm. Then they'd probably take 10 minutes to decide whether he's offside or not, by which time Bayern Munich players have probably got their act together and thought, hang on a minute, you could be in a yeah, bit of trouble there. They're all over to the manager. Yeah. They're having a drink and yeah. they're getting an They're calming down. Yeah. Right, let's just see the game out. Let's get to extra time here because we don't want to concede another one and lose this tie, which a minute ago looked like we just won. So you probably don't get all these winners and who knows what happens there. It'll just spoil everything. And that's where we're at with VAR. I think those moments are just getting wrecked. Yeah. And half the time, do you remember the... Um, 
the goal that Cavani scored against Spurs, mm-hmm. I think you men- mentioned it earlier on, where in the build-up, Scott McTominay just brushes mm-hmm. like Son's yeah, face. Son. Yeah. I didn't see it at the time, and I thought, what a well-worked, fantastic goal from Manchester United. And we're celebrating, and it's like, hang on a minute, we've seen something. So you roll it back, and you watch that, and you watch the replay, and you see he barely touches Hummin Son's face, and VAR gets involved, and then they give a free kick, and it's not a goal. And you think, how is that, A, even a thing? And B, why is that being brought in to ruin what would have been a really enjoyable moment? I'm not just saying that as a United fan, but that wasn't a foul. He didn't knock him. It was nothing. But it's like you've slowed it down. You've watched on VAR and he's touched his face. So it's like, oh, well, technically, if you touch your face, that's a foul. The Van Nistelrooy goal against Fulham, running from the halfway line, it starts with him pushing someone off. Yeah. And on a day, a ref could say, you've elbowed him in the face, yeah. you've pushed him in the face, no goal. And I just, I, I think all, all fans from all clubs will have moments where they go, we would have lost that if it weren't for VAR. We would never have had that if it weren't for VAR. Yeah. Uh, if VAR was there, should I say. And I just don't, I don't see what it's, in, what, what it's making better. I don't, I think obviously accuracy is something that is, is paramount and that's what the refs are there to do. They're there to bring accuracy, but not at the expense of, in, of enjoying goals. Yeah. Like I can't. I genuinely, there isn't a single thing that that should be more sacred in football. It's the whole reason we watch football than the 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 elation when a goal goes in. That is the best bit about football. Yeah. That's it. And anything that gets in the way of that, or hinders that, or softens that, or dulls that at all, should be really, really thought about and considered before they bring it in. And to me. It should never be brought in. No. Something that stops you enjoying goals as much. Well, what's the point then? Do you know what? what right? is you, the point? you nailed it because all my favourite moments as a United fan have been last minute goals, right? And I swear to God, if VAR was around at the time, I honestly think some of them might have even been shorts off. Eric Cantona's winner against the Scousers in the 1996 FA Cup final. There'll be something in that melee yeah. in the box where someone's gone like that yeah. on, on a Liverpool defender or something where they'd have found something because you just know. Well, it might be offside, so in front of the yeah, keeper. Sweaty or, players yeah. in a box. Summit would have gone on where you go, actually, if you slow this down and look at this, maybe there's Summit there. Steve Bruce's two late goals against Sheffield Wednesday. Again, loads of people in the box, two headers. There would have been something, that the, someone offside or the, uh, an infringement or just something they would have found. It's the same thing because mm. you just know that at those times where I was going berserk, it was so great. They would have found Summit or even they would have said, you know, oh, so let's stop. So Steve Bruce goes that first one. Let's stop for five minutes and check whether there was something or there's been this yeah. and by which time, Sheffield Wednesday have got their act together and it's a similar situation as I was talking about Bayern Munich I just don't think it's benefiting football and yes I might be a better United fan because I'm looking at decisions that have gone against me but is it making football better are we seeing loads of different fans of different clubs going I love VAR it's really helping us I'm no. not I'm not seeing any fans saying it no, I'm not. Whether, whether you're a United fan even the City fans who are winning everything I don't see them going VAR's br- brilliant I don't think it's like a young old thing either I don't think no. it's because most of our football in watching has been as a, uh, without VAR what I see on Twitter, younger audience, it still seems the same. I don't think it, and, and the other thing is, like VAR has only existed for what, four years, five years, whatever it is. Yeah. So this is the first iteration of this. This by definition, and just by the way technology works, is the shittest, this will be the shittest ever version of VAR. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's only gonna get better. Yeah. So what we are seeing now is the worst version of it. So there's, you know, it's understandable that we, we would have issues. And I just think, We've seen the worst version of it. It's ruining the most crucial and and sort of impactful part of football. And the mistakes that it's that it's getting rid of 
are ones that I could I could stomach. I could stomach the idea of you know occasionally a, a goal goes against you because the referees miss something. Yeah. But I don't mind that. No. People make mistakes. Refs make mistakes. Fine. Yeah. You know, get as good a refs as you can. Get rid of as many mis- mistakes as you can. And the things that are mathematical. Did it cross the line? Hawkeye. I can't remember. Yeah. Is, is yeah, it yeah, yeah. Fantastic. He's yeah. made one. Hawkeye's been wrong once in the seven years it's been out, and it was yeah. that Sheffield United game because yeah. three players were stood in the way, and it got and he got one wrong. Okay, but other than that, it's got a ninety nine point nine percent success rate. Oh, yeah. Fine. But the handballs, the fouls in the box, because they're subjective anyway. The the laws are subjective. So why put that subjectivity onto another person? It, just keep it with the ref. It, it just, just don't it, get it. It just feels like they make it up as they go along at times as well, don't they? Yeah. It feels like they go, oh, actually, that rule's wrong or that decision wrong. Right, we need to we need to change that. Just like the the, the goal that uh, Bruno Fernandez I think scored against was it Bruno or Rashford against? No, it was Bruno won it against City. When City fans were going berserk, and it's like, well, they're the rules. Yeah. They, they had to change the rules afterwards, didn't they? They yeah. had to come out and go, well, the referee got it right, but the rules are just nonsensical because obviously if a keeper's got two players ba- bearing down on him. They're distracting him. One of them, yeah. like both of them, are distracting him or whatever. So they change the rules. It just feels yeah. like, how are we in 2023? And you're just making up new rules or you're changing them because you haven't got them right. It just it seems preposterous. Uh, Harry Krishnan says, I suggest all the conversations between referee and VAR should be made audible so at least fans can understand the thought process. I think that'll just be two morons chatting wibble, but I'd be happy to listen to it. Brian Casey says, I'm ashamed to say. Dermot Gallagher is a fellow Irishman on behalf of our great nation. I can only apologise for this shocking analysis. It's all right, you gave us Keno. Ross Murphy says, when Bruno scored that goal the other day, I celebrated. But all I could think of is, was he offside? He wasn't offside, but that's what football's come to. And you know what it is as well? And I sympathise there with um, Ross Murphy because... Sometimes you will rewatch it and think, of course he's not offside. Yeah. Like, he's a million, you know, there's not even a sniff of us. But because you're so used to thinking, oh, hang on a minute, is there going to be an offside? Then you, you don't celebrate fully or you're waiting. And, it's, and people say, oh, well, you get to celebrate twice. No, you don't. No. You don't. That's not, from my experience, that's not how it's happened. Uh, hit that like button, please. We've got almost 2,000 people watching, not even 200 likes. Let's get to 500 likes. Santa Notch in the chat, Glenn F in the chat, loads of people in the chat. Um, Paul Robb says, the account, the sub, that subjectivity is the key. If they were held accountable and were open and transparent in why they made the decision, it would improve consistency. As every time a decision is made, it sets the president. Uh, I think Andy Tate's in the chat as well, says, Drogba, Old Child, uh, uh, Drogba, Old Trafford, offside by six miles, 2010. Do you remember the Paul Scholes one against Paul as well? That's the worst one. He was onside yeah. by two players keeping him onside yeah. and he was given an offside and that gave birth to a certain Jose Mourinho. Uh, yeah, Ross Murphy as well says, like the the video. It's not only Dermot Gallagher though, is it, that's been chatting rubbish. We've got more. What else have we got for us? We've got all sorts. Go on. I mean, Gabriel, Gabriel Bonahal again, obviously. It's what he does, isn't it? Like, I just... Can we, yeah, there we go. Uh, he said that uh, Rodgers' red card, um, Gibbs White was acting, basically. Yeah, he deserved to be in WWE without acting. Then, obviously, after a, a relatively similar incident uh, against Palace, where Casemiro got sent off for, again, grabbing the shirt, grabbing the throat, um, said that uh, Casemiro thought it was Brock Lesnar strangling him. He needs to be dis- disciplined by United. Not just does he need a ban, he needs to be disciplined by his own club as well for what he's done. And it's just... People are just don't. A lot of people just don't like Man United, do they? No, obviously. No. And I think as well, like the, it, there's certain things like there's a lot of people who don't like Man United. There's a lot of people who don't like Liverpool. 
like because of depending on what age you are you might have seen them kind of you know win everything for a, for a, an era yeah but i feel like certain teams there are just less haters for like as far as on the pitch goes there are less people that hate city because they, we're getting there now because they've won so much but because they've not really been a massive hindrance to anyone's success over the last 50 years or the last 30 years i do feel as though there's less sort of negativity towards City than there are than, than there is to other clubs do you know what I mean yeah I yeah like Arsenal get a lot of stick because if you're from London they've done better than you over the last 50 70 whatever years they're the biggest team in London like again Liverpool like I mentioned United but some teams just sort of squeeze through like City no one really cares about them so they don't get this like you know everything that they do is scrutinised beyond belief Pep can have a go at a player publicly and oh it's just fine it's just Pep being a genius when Ten Hag says one of our players is literally turning up late for training all the time. We've tried to give him, and we didn't say this, but this is what, what happened leading to this. We've tried to give him a personalised training programme. We've tried different things, and he's, his performances in training weren't very good. And that's literally it. He's called, he, he's too strict. He's, he's taking the piss out of Sancho. He's, he's just, not just backing his players. That well. like, that's, not, that's all managers do that. And what he said was not particularly strict or yeah. cruel whatsoever. There's, there's this this is doing um, the rounds on social media about someone's got a screenshot. I don't know if it's true, but people are saying this is just sort of Sancho trending. I want to look why. Saying they've got a screenshot of him playing FIFA or whatever it is at daft o'clock in the morning. I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to get that stood up. But that's why if you see Jaden Sancho at the minute, it seems to be trending. And that's the latest claims that he was out. He was playing video games late at night. Again, I'll, I'll double check that before we get on. Just if, if you're wondering, because I looked in and thought, okay, what's going on now? And then there's a lot of people showing this screenshot and claiming that. But if we're going to be accurate, I wouldn't look too much into that just yet. But as you pointed out, I mean, you know, Ericsson has obviously disciplined him and it's not great, is it? It's just one of those things where you're looking at going, what's the happy ending here? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I didn't mean news today about how there was a time when it looked like Jadon Sancho was going to go and be an England regular and smash it for United and all the rest of it. And people were questioning what was going on with Jack Grealish. And now you look at Jack yeah. Grealish, he's the darling of English football almost, winning the lot, albeit with 115 charges hanging over him. And Jadon Sancho, you know, is he going to play in the Carabao Cup? Probably not. No. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just a, a crap situation. Yeah, just going back to what you, your point you made on Gabby and Bonglehor. It Sometimes on sort of sport and, and other places like that it feels like they just sort of they know this is going to get traction this is what i'm mm -hmm. doing this is gonna you know if i say this and it's outrageous or if i keep pushing this anti-united agenda i'm going to keep getting clicks and views and i'm going to keep getting the engagement and discussion and that's why i'm doing it because i don't necessarily believe that but it's a good way of, of to, to keep getting sort of my name out there and keep getting promotion and, and all that sort of stuff yeah. i don't think gabriel bonhoeffer is doing that I don't think he's that bright. I think he's just spouting nonsense because he hates United. Yeah. That's it. I don't yeah. think he's anything to do with him thinking this is going to get me more views. I don't think yeah. he cares. I think he's on a set wage of probably about two quid an hour yeah. where he's just told like, you know, there's your microphone, there's your headphones, crack on. Yeah. And he just genuinely hates United. Like, he, you know, he, he, he views United as a team that ruined his childhood and maybe blames us for him not winning anything even though it's got nothing to do with us and he just can't help himself because he just constantly spouts this anti-United nonsense mm -hmm. and there's no rhyme or reason to it and no. even when you've got people that always spout anti-United stuff now and again they'll say something pro-United mm -hmm. Jamie Carragher went hard on Lissandro Miners, but when you challenged him on it he held his hands up and made he got it wrong yeah. 
you get pundits who obviously don't like United or affiliate with our rivals, but they'll now and again go, do you know what? That was good by United or he's a good player or that decision went against United or whatever. But I think about Bono, he just proper hates us. So he just continues to carry on with his agenda and it's just a bit daft. Uh, Danny says, we need Tenago players to do a Fergie and Cole Press to stop lying, report the truth, what I say, not what I want to mean. Ban biased poor outlets. I think if you banned biased outlets, you'd have no one left in the, the press room at, at Carrington. Go on, what else have you got for me, brother? Yeah, so another one that's just worth mentioning. Again, it's not... After two games that we lost at the start of last season, mm. Ten Hag was sat down by Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville. And th that interview was sort of deemed and dubbed as this kind of, what's going wrong? Why, you know, you've got to turn it around. Make sure you turn it around. What, what, why are you failing at Manchester United? W wasn't it? Yeah. And they've refer they both referenced that interview a few times since about they saw him and, they, and actually they thought he came off quite well in that interview. But we went in there to, to see what was going on and to give him some grief for the start that they'd had. And, and yet... You know, play, people like Pochettino at Chelsea being given a much softer ride. Even Steven Gerrard at Villa, who was sort of disastrous after about the, the fourth game or so, was given a much softer ride. And, and they admitted it was because, you know, he's my mate. He's our yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. And I just think these are the things like people say, oh, why are you giving them airtime? Why are you talking about a bone hole? Why are you talking about these decisions? Why are you making excuses? Because these things make a difference yeah. it's not just oh it's what they say in, in social media it's not just oh a, a media article these narratives as we've established with the clock thing with the penalties as we've established with with other things the referees sorry that when they don't want to make their mate look bad they won't give a decision or when they feel the pressure because they've already made a bad decision in the first half they'll make another one to make up for it we've established it is human nature that you go with your emotions yeah. and if you can change the narrative and the emotions of the people that can actually make a difference that can benefit United yeah. and letting these sorts of things go unchecked of United just making excuses you know United don't deserve a penalty United don't that actually makes it so that we're less likely to get another one so sometimes you have to just say actually hang on a sec you're talking shit and here's why yeah. because otherwise it can lead to managers getting sacked narratives change around a manager or a player United have admitted to using fan sentiment graphs <laughs> to make decisions they go on social media yeah. they conduct sort of not covert but you know not obvious analysis of what people think about a certain player a certain manager a certain decision and they will make decisions based on that so it is worth standing up and saying something because these things affect real football do, do you it's, know what? It's, it's real so it's worth saying no you're right um, and like you know the, the way that Tenai got, got treated and you know I thought it was a bit stupid that interview with Carragher and Neville and then the, the sad thing for me as well is Gary Neville who's a United legend and United former United captain obviously a big United fan yeah. was at the club for 15 years or whatever it was won I think was it the fourth and most amount of Premier League titles as anyone or third most or whatever it is yeah. I think sometimes he goes the other way too much and I like Gary Neville I think I liked him as a player and I generally like his pundit but there's certain things that go on with him that do my head in someone pointed it out here um, Dylan N it says it's like when Neville talked crap about Bruno after Liverpool and everyone some United fans included have used that as gospel to hate Bruno well he said Bruno wanted to come off and he obviously yeah. didn't no. and it's provable he didn't Yeah. and Bruno well, did said he didn't. Say he didn't yeah well, Gary Neville I don't unless I've missed him forgive me I've, I've never apologised for that mm. and for starting that, that narrative against him and that against is United. a narrative and it is Michael Richards was peddling that narrative again yeah. the other day about how he's you know, he's not captain material, he's not professional enough. And and like that's what I'm saying. That comes from 
pundits saying things in the heat of the moment without the full knowledge of what's going on or whatever, or it comes from refereeing decisions or it comes from the social media reaction to things. It does actually affect things. Of course it's not it does, just, bro. You know, what happens on the pitch is completely separate to what happens on social media and in the press. They're massively linked and the players see this stuff as well. So that perception of things. Do you think if, if social media and the media didn't exist, Harry Maguire would have played as bad as he had for the last six months? No. Because I know he's not a great player, but he has noticeably declined. His number of mistakes has gone up massively, even post you know, tactical changes because his confidence is in the floor. It's just, Same it's, with David De Gea. It, it's sad. And I, I'd like to see, I, I know I'm get pelts. I'd like to see Adam Maguire playing at Old Trafford. I'd like to see him start a game and I'd like to see the crowd get behind him. Because yeah. as long as he represents Manchester United Football Club, which he does, I'll support him. And I might, that doesn't mean I won't criticise bad performances because I will always say the truth in my opinion about a player's performance. If I don't think they're playing well enough, then I'll say that. But while they turn out for the club and get him, you know, turn out for the team, I'll get behind him. Mm-hmm. And that sounds contradictory. What I mean is when I'm at the game or whatever, you cheer him, you applaud him, you don't boo him or you don't give him grief. That's just not what I do anyway. So i like to see Adam Maguire play for United again and hopefully perform as well as he has done in the past. Because everyone says, oh, he's always been rubbish. He hasn't. He's had some no. good games. And at the minute, we're struggling. And I think, you know, for example, Crystal Palace tomorrow, he could do a job against them. Will it happen? I don't know. But something needs to change. Uh, Harry Krishnan says, Carragher talking crap about Ramsdale. How a professional player can talk like that is beyond me. Um, Joe, I'm going to wrap it up there because we've got a, a couple of interviews coming up. Give us your uh, Wally of the Week. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I guess you're going to go David Gallagher, are you? Um, no, I'm not. Well, I will then. Okay. I mean, obviously, just realising he'd, he'd made a mistake. And instead of owning it, laughing it off, you know, saying, oh, I, I, you know, I, I suppose actually if one's a penalty, then the other one should be. I've made a mistake there. Just completely avoiding the question and, and you know, making himself look a bit of an idiot. I just think it's it's typical of what we see as, as the general public of the sort of slight arrogance that you get from, from the refereeing community it's got this air of we're in charge and we and you know we answer to nobody you don't get to hear what we say you don't get to come in our little cupboard at half time like all of this stuff that we would like more of you know actually we don't change our mind we don't dob each other in you don't get to hear our workings and we'll and we'll see you next week and i just think we need a bit more to see the real side of referees and to admit that they've made a mistake a little bit more often and to just be a bit more human because at the moment they've got this slight sort of air of smugness around them that I'm sure they're not like in real life. Yeah. That's just how they are, how they put themselves into the into the public eye and I just think it, it, it makes them less likeable. I don't think there's any need for it. No, I, I agree. I think, I think you're right. Uh, hit that like button people um over 2100 people watching We're not even hit 400 likes yet watching just smash a like as a kid say um i don't like to get political and i was gonna i was gonna say suala braverman for uh, idiotic tweets about an ongoing case um in the chris caber shooting mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna do you know who i think it's a wallet every week almost every day he's trending for the wrong reasons yeah. richard Maidler. oh yeah he's always like i i still go on the bin file at his ex formerly known as Twitter. And every time I see a clip of that guy, I think, how are you on the telly? What are you on? Like, it's like he's levered. Do you know what I mean? He just chats utter nonsense. It is weird, isn't Like, it? he's, people used to say he's like accidental Partridge. He's not, because Partridge mm. was like, there was an almost sort of, you can almost like Partridge because he's funny, even though he's mm. a bit of a nana. 
With Melee, he's just like a proper Muppet who you don't like, who says the wrong thing, who's patronising, who's just moronic in his opinions, and he's a proper closet Tory as well. He's not a closet, just a Tory. And then tries to act like he's objective. Yeah. He's just a horrible, horrible person. I can't stand him. Um, anyway, enough of me sitting on the fence. Um, big thank you to everyone who got involved in the chat and the comments. Uh, thanks, Brian Casey, saying there, yeah, smash a like now. You're going to be back later on, aren't you? Yeah. With Adam McCola. Yes, Premier League piss take coming out tonight. Yes. 7pm. Firing shots at who? Everyone. Everyone. Arsenal, well, Arsenal drop points. Yeah. Spurs drop points. Chelsea drop points. Pathetic. They're all getting it. Yep. You know, technically Newcastle drew with Sheffield United, if you look at the way we've angled it. So, you know, <laughs> they drop points as well, in a way. Some say 8-0, we say 0-0. So, you know. I love that. I'm looking, forward to to I'm looking forward to seeing that one. So make sure you are subscribing to the channel so you don't miss out. He'll be back with Premier League PT later on today. Uh, we'll be back as well tomorrow. We've got all the usual stuff. I think you've got McCullough in the news in the morning. Uh, then we've got the game. So me and you on the watch along tomorrow night. So make sure you check that out as well. That's been Joe Smith. I'm Jay Moyer. This has been the Paddock Podcast. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.